Been very excited about this show. Uh, not for good reasons, but for bad reasons. Uh, the vent line is open at 608-321-1670. Vent line is open. Um, it, it, it's not a... Uh, uh, it is a word, but it's more of a, a noise I'm going to start the show off with. It's, it's more of a sound. Uh, here, here you go. Joe Barry, Packers defense. Matt LaFleur, the Green Bay Packers as a whole. It's for you. Back-to-back losses in less than a week. Tommy DeVito, who, by the way, looked just atrocious yesterday and then got hurt and came back in the game, still bad. Joe Barry and his defense gave him... NFC Offensive Player of the Week. And now for the first time ever, ever, in the history of Lambeau Field and Rowdy, uh, the Green Bay Packers are older than Sister Jean, correct? Sister Jean's, what, 104? Yeah, I think they're like a week older. Yeah, Packers of 104 years old. For the first time ever at Lambeau Field, for the first time ever in the history of Lambeau Field, the historic Lambeau Field, an opposing quarterback comes in and gets a perfect passer rating, and it's Baker Mayfield, 381 yards, four touchdowns, a QBR of 158.3. That is perfect. Baker Mayfield also threw a touchdown pass to all four levels of the field for the third time in his career, the most by any quarterback since 2016. Baker Mayfield comes in and leads the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to a win, carves up the Packers' defense, 34 to 20. I'm, uh, I listened to the radio for a little bit because I was driving in the first half. Uh, at halftime, what do I hear? Baker Mayfield having a career day. And then what do you hear in the second half? Season highs for Baker Mayfield. He was even getting compared to Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. That was an opposing quarterback. Again, Buccaneers win 34 to 20. The Packers' chances of the playoffs start dwindling again. Uh, they go from the seventh seed to the 11th seed. That game. That game was absolutely atrocious in every facet. Rowdy, good morning. How are we doing? Yeah, it was um, <laughs> Jeez, man. pretty brutal basically since the last possession of the first half until the end of the game. Because if you look at it, the Buccaneers go right down the field with essentially less than two minutes left to take that lead to kick that field yeah. goal to go up 13-10 to 10 at halftime. Yep. This is what they did post that last possession of the first half. Touchdown, 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 end of the game because they ran the clock out. Yes. They scored essentially 24 points on their last four possessions, not counting the last possession where they weren't trying to score. They were just trying to end the game. An encapsulation of it, if it was second and 15 or third and 15, if it was second and third and just extremely long, the Buccaneers would convert every time. It's like they ran into that that Joe Barry prevent defense, and he would guess what? Give it to him. How, how many times did the Buccaneers pick up a second and extremely long and a third and extremely long rowdy uh, when it mattered? Every time. Yeah, they had over 450 yards of offense. Baker Mayfield looked really, really good. Yeah. And to your point, when there was third and longs, they'd pick it up. Second and longs, they pick it up. Or if they didn't pick it up, they would pick up most of it and then have yeah. third and manageable or fourth and short or whatever you wanted to say. Every time. But I think the biggest thing, too, was not only did they throw the football well, but on paper, if you look at the box score, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers only rushed for 99 yards. And we know that the Green Bay defense, they don't stop the run very well. Second to last the NFL entering that game. Yeah. 
it felt like even though when all eyes were on the defense to stop the run, when they knew that Tampa Bay was going to run the football, they still couldn't stop it. I know that the overall numbers look pretty good when it comes to how much they gave up in a yards per carry clip. But still, when you knew they were going to run it, you still couldn't stop it. Yep. So when it mattered, you still stunk at it. Now, this is going to be this show. I, get, I already know it's going to happen. It's going to be four hours of fire Joe Barry. I already know it, and I don't disagree. Matt LaFleur is not without fault in all of this, though. Just look at that first drive for the Packers, um, or just the first half in general. They got better in the second half a little bit, but the first half in general. Matt LaFleur is not without blame of his pansy play calling as well. Yeah, I mean, running it out of shotgun from first, you know, inside the 10-yard line. What are you doing? Uh, that never works. Never. Ever. I don't think it's ever Has worked it ever work? ever in football. But then going forward and not getting it, not getting it on that first drive. Funny enough, he did get bailed out by the defense and Kingsley yeah. Anibari because without Anibari with that strip fumble of Baker Mayfield, they never would have scored that touchdown. But overall, I thought outside of that first possession, the offense actually looked decent yeah, like they look decent Jordan Love looked solid he that didn't have a bad game Reed, that touchdown pass to Jaden Reed where the Packers trying to bring it back and love through that freaking laser in there that was amazing that was amazing but Rowdy the reason I say Matt LaFleur is not without fault either who who is the protector of Joe Barry who is the person who hired Joe Barry who's the person that's always you know had Joe Barry's back well it's been Matt LaFleur and he's been unwavering on his um his support. Support for Joe Barry. Yeah. I don't know how you can support him anymore. I, there's, I, Rowdy and I both received a lot of messages from one uh, listeners everywhere wanting to hear from one individual in, in particular. Vagabond John. I know he'll call in today. Yeah. He, he I, got, to uh, I got three messages Sunday during the game all saying, can't wait to hear Vagabond John spin his wheels trying to defend Joe Barry. Or another one was like, I love how now that Joe Barry and the defense stink, it's just a bit. Yes. Um, Vagabond John, I love you, brother. Uh, I'm glad that you've taken on this uh, this persona, this, you know, the president of the Joe Barry fan club. Very excited to hear your phone call today, as uh, a lot of people are. But, yeah, that game yesterday, I mean, Baker Mayfield, Tommy DeVito before that, that's less than a week of the Packers playing and what we were talking about, you know, a very easy end of their schedule here. You beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Packers looked like a great team. They beat the Chiefs. And then what happened? We're like, okay, look at these games. The uh, teams are below 500. Well, this is, you know, you got them at home too. This, this could be easy. Uh, perceived as easy. They lost to the Giants on the road, and then they come back home and lose to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's not even a loss. It was a convincing loss. Who was this Packers team? Like, Joe Barry, when it mattered most, him and his players came up snake eyes. They're yeah, the terrible. Barry boys were crushed. They're terrible. I think they were officially done. It's over. It's 34 points to that Buccaneers offense. That's pretty unacceptable. It was a it was a bottom five team running the football. It was a middle of the road team passing the football offensively. Yeah. It was it was not some juggernaut of an offense. Yeah. And they, you gave up 34 points. Yeah, and you get a perfect passer rating to Baker Mayfield. And didn't it feel like any time that the Buccaneers needed a big play, yeah, Baker Mayfield made the throw, but Mike Evans or Chris Godwin, Godwin or Rashad White, 
they were all wide open. Uh, always. When, whenever it was a big play. Always. They were wide right there. open. And, well, okay, uh, and also when I say Matt LaFleur's not without blame, how can you use Aaron Jones in the first drive, who looked absolutely incredible? What do you have? Eight carries, I think, on the first drive. He finished with thirteen, it, and he didn't. He didn't even have a uh, a reception. No. How how do you use Aaron Jones? You break him into the game, right? And he's looking damn good, just for him to become a missing hey, person. You don't want to use him and abuse him. He's coming off of a hammy. <laughs> it's not like they had to win this game. Who? What else you got? Patrick Taylor, who got one carry, and Kenyon Drake, who got one carry. Uh, 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 A.J. Dillon was out with a broken thumb. Matt LaFleur, again, not without blame. And then, speaking of people that were missing persons, Jair Alexander, what, what, what is, what's up with this dude? Where is he? How can you stand around the locker room wearing a WWE champion belt talking about how, you know, this is before the, the Chiefs game, how they're going to steal a win, how they're going to steal the show, and then you're MIA. You don't even travel with the team. Yeah, I haven't played in six games. You haven't played in six games. He was the only one not out on the field yesterday with all the people that weren't going to play the inactives. He was the only one not even on the field doing any stretching or anything. What's he doing? Speaking of uh, guys that didn't play or had played, Eric Stokes looked bad. Really bad. He looked bad. And, yeah, I get it. Dude is coming off of some major injuries. What, he had played four snaps this season all on special teams before being thrown into the fire against, you know, like a Chris Godwin or a Mike Evans, whoever he had been matched up on every play, which those are two pretty good receivers. But he looked bad. And maybe it's knocking off Rust. He's going to have three more games at least to, to get more of a look on him. But, man, I hope it was Russ because he did not look good. No, no. Well, I mean, the fits right into the Barry boys. Did not look good. Uh, Vagabond John's already on Twitch saying, let me in. Vagabond, I feel like we got to let this call marinate for a little bit here. Uh, phone line's blowing up. It's event day today. Line one, good morning. Mike, I think. Yo. Rory, good morning. The king. What's up, dude? Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. I mean, where to begin? It just sounds like a broken record by now, you know? Um, I mean, we all know what most people are going to say today. You know, they're first, they were hopping on the Joe Barry train. Now they're all jumping off because it's going off a cliff. But unfortunately, you know, it's Matt LaFleur and Joe Barry riding that train. Yeah. Yeah. Well, King, I don't think you ever jumped on the yeah. the train. Did you? I don't think there was a ton of people that actually jumped on. I think there was a lot of people that were like, Hey, they haven't been that bad this year. I don't think anyone they were was standing like, at the the station just waiting to board. <laughs> and King, I think you were there warning everyone, "Don't get on the train, don't get on." I don't think you ever. I don't think you ever were wanted on, right? Never, never, never. But also, isn't his contract also up at the end of the season? Because didn't he just only sign a three-year deal, and this is year three for him? Yeah, it's the end of Joe Barry this year. He's not technically so, under contract. Oh, so Lafleur can use the nice guy approach. He doesn't have to fire him. He yeah. can just say he didn't renew him. Yeah, and then Classic. what, during his, his presser yesterday after the game, he's like, uh, I don't want to address that right now. That's, that's not you gotta watch the tape. Time. you got to watch the yeah. tape. Yeah, well, don't have to rewatch the tape. You know what happened. But let's, let's be honest. We all know why the Packers lost. There was no end-around reverses to read. <laughs> In hindsight, maybe they could have used one of those. 
but uh, King fire Joe Barry yay or nay right now or is it or 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 I see some people saying this NFL teams do they ever fire a positions coach when they're still in the playoffs in the hunt for the playoffs yes the Eagles just fired their defensive coordinator <laughs> and no one no one heard about that <laughs> you're fired oh I've I've been on that that bandwagon, and he should have been fired months ago. Who do you blame more, Matt LaFleur or Joe Barry? Uh, who is the one caller? To be honest, I, it's more of Matt LaFleur's fault because he's not willing to put down his foot and we'll put the Twitter cut the string. You know what's funny, King? The Philadelphia Eagles, obviously they're 10-3. and three, Packers are 6-8. and eight. Uh, Philly's got a game tonight in Seattle, but... Overall, for total defense, the Philadelphia Eagles are actually slightly better than the Green Bay Packers. So not only do they have the better record, and they're already in the playoffs, but they have a better total defense than the Green Bay Packers. And yet, their guy gets canned. Joe Barry probably finishes out the season. It's probably because there's not enough tissues made in Green Bay for Matt LaFleur if he was willing to pull that trigger and fire him to cry, you know, Dry up all his tears. So, Kinger, I'm going to, and Rowdy, here's the Twitter poll. Who do you blame more for the Packers' woes? Matt LaFleur or Joe Barry? You think it's that simple? Just like that, Rods? Rory? Is that yeah. simple? Who do you blame more for the Packers' woes? Sure. Matt LaFleur or Joe Barry? All right. It's up. Oh, you could throw Rich Passacci in there because a lot of people were <laughs> bitching about the special teams. <laughs> I'll leave Richie out. But, yeah, uh, what Matt LaFleur said for the game, we got, we got outcoached, out, just spanked in all, every phase of the game, so... Matt LaFleur, and, then, and you're going Matt LaFleur, yeah, Kinger? Yes. All right. And they, do, you, do you guys have, a like, a dollar I can borrow to buy some tickets for next week? I mean, I know the airfare is going to be more expensive <laughs> to get to Carolina, but. I don't think you need a dollar. I think you just need, like, a, I think you need two uh, two quarters. Well, I mean, if I buy for the whole family. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Kinger, we'll get By you out way, there. Yeah, it's it'll be a fun day. All right, buddy. Have Adios, a good gotcha. See you, bud. See you on Twitch. Uh, yeah, we had three other people on. You dropped off. 608-321-1670. I think one was Vegabon John. I told him to wait a little bit. We we can't have the Vegabon John call to start the show. We need someone in the middle, the meat of it. Oh, another thing that just looking back on that game and watching, I know there was a lot of criticism for the inside linebackers, mainly Quay Walker and Devondre Campbell. Yeah. In my mind, I mean, Devondre Campbell, Eesh. that experiment's over. That was a bad game. And I... I remember that he had signed a contract. Hey, he's probably going to be on this roster for a couple more it was years. A five-year contract. Yeah, I remember he signed that big contract. It looks like the only you know good time to to part ways with him is in a couple years yeah. because they'll be eating a lot of dead cap if they cut him. Speaking Not saying that they won't cut him, but just looking at it financially. He, got Man, eaten he alive. could be on this roster for two more years. Speaking of eating around, he got eaten alive yesterday. And how about the, I know overall the defensive uh, front seven wasn't the worst part. It was, it was a lot of the back end, yep. but definitely Devondre Campbell and Quay Walker struggled in coverage. They were asked to do, in my opinion, too much. Like Devondre Campbell's supposed to cover Chris Godwin. Yeah, good luck. LOL. That's a that's almost as bad as Preston Smith being out there on Devontae Adams. <laughs> but how about Preston Smith? I mean, it felt like he started the season playing really well. He was pretty much MIA. Yep. Rashawn Gary was pretty much shut down. Yep. 
I mean, they didn't get a ton of pressure from a lot of the guys that you would expect would be coming after the quarterback. I will say this, though. Lucas Van Ness seems to be making more plays. He he seems to be popping up on yeah. the film, making tackles or pressuring a, quite a bit more than he did at the beginning of the season. So I think that's, He's that's menacing positive a little for bit. the uh, draft picks. He's menacing a little bit out there. But yeah, overall, team defense, terrible. <laughs> All right, line two, good morning. How you doing, guys? Hey, what's going on? Cloud nine. Hey, uh, I, I, uh, I appreciate you guys' enthusiasm. <laughs> It drives me crazy, but uh, I feel your pain. And the only reason I could say that is because I'm a Bears fan. Coaching, (laughs) coaching, when I look at the coaching decisions and when I'm, when I'm yelling at the TV for what, what the Packers aren't doing or doing, I just, I always just think about the the Chicago Bears. (laughs) Welcome to my world. Hey, how about the, how, how in the world did that Hail Mary not end up in your favor? How did that how oh, did that happen oh. yesterday? What the hell? Oh, I, I don't, it was in his hand. I know. It was right how there. About the, how about the pass before that? I think or maybe two plays before that, it, it hit him in the hands and he dropped it. He had it right there. Like it was there. Yeah. And, and, and so the combination of coaching decision and players, hey, dude, I've been living it since 1980. Well, hey, what's, uh, what's your <laughs> name? What, who, who, what's your name? Oh, Vinny. Hey, Vinny. Vinny, dude. Yeah. Are you just loving so, this? Uh, Are you just loving this then to see Packer Nation being like gripping no, at reality? No, I, I don't. I don't necessarily love it. I mean, uh, you're still the NFC North. You're still in our our division, and you know, I kind of like this. You know, I'm gonna root for the NFC North. I'm not gonna be jumping up and down. Yeah. You know, I wasn't jumping up and down when uh, when uh, Rodgers ran his or uh, won his Super Bowl, but yeah. I'd rather see the North win. Uh, but well, what's Vinny, interesting is is that you know it, I don't think yesterday's game. I mean, you guys talk about beating the uh, the Chiefs, which is which was a big win, but it's not so much. I mean, you got, it was like the perfect storm. So, so you guys played good, and they played kind of marginal yeah. to their level. So, but uh, the thing that I always tell Packer fans, if I was what would frustrate me to the no ends if I was a Packer fan, is to have two Super Bowls with Favre and Rodgers. Um, I, I just don't understand that sometimes. Oh, but, yeah, we'll never understand yeah. that. I, I mean, I'm glad yeah. we got the two of them. But, you know, like right now, what's the thing that we've always been searching for is like a defense. And what's the thing the Bears right. have always had is a defense. Right. If we could somehow yeah. meld both teams together, we would be a juggernaut. <laughs> but, but the only I, 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 I only come, the only thing that makes me laugh is like, it's like, it's like I started out the call. Yeah. Welcome to my world. You guys <laughs> you, you guys have been riding it for so long. Now it's time to be now it's time to be with the rest of us go Yeah, yeah. So, I guess we're due, aren't well, we? Well keep up the enthusi- keep up the enthusiasm. You got it, Vinny. I, 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 yep. See you buddy. Thanks, have, have a good Monday, man. Bye. See you, buddy. Yeah, now if you're the Green Bay Packers, you pretty much have to win out for a shot at the playoffs. Watch uh Tommy DeVito was last week's NFC offensive player of the week. Baker Mayfield is going to be NFC offensive player of the week. Watch Bryce Young, Rowdy, be AFC Offensive Player of the Week after Joe Barry's defense goes into Carolina. There's no way that Bryce Young can go out there and throw for 300 yards. Did you think that Tommy DeVito would be NFC Offensive Player of the Week? No, but <laughs> for as bad as the New and Bryce York... Young's the number one pick. As bad as the New York Giants offensive line had been, it was a bottom five offensive line this year, but it had a lot of injuries. Yeah. The Carolina Panthers offensive line 
is the worst Oof. in the NFL, and it's the bad. worst by far. They if they can't get pressure on Bryce Young and create havoc in the backfield, oh. hey, Panthers got a win yesterday, though. Well, they went nine to seven against the Falcons. Yep, <laughs> barn burner kicked the field goal at the end to win. They were down seven oh, six. Man. Here is something I don't think you're going to be hearing uh, today or even until the regular season is over. I don't think Matt LaFleur is going to be saying this to Joe Barry. Screw you. You're fired. You're fired. I don't think it's happening. I don't think you're going to hear it. You're fired. It's just not. I just don't think it's going to happen. Matt LaFleur on the podium said he's got to watch the tape first. But have you ever seen, and now this is funny, this is because we asked this to our first caller this morning. Have you ever heard of a team in a playoff push fired a positions coach? Well, Rowdy, what happened with the Philadelphia Eagles? Yeah, they let him go, and now you know who the DC is for the Philadelphia Eagles? Who's that? Matt Patricia. Oh, yo, man. The yeah. schlep himself. Yep. Matt, Matt Patricia. Patricia is now the defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, in fairness to Nick Sirianni and the Eagles, Matt Patricia, you know, a decade ago was a pretty decent defensive coordinator. Yeah. But then remember how he went to the Lions and failed. Oh. Then he came back to the Patriots. And remember they made him, was that last year or two years ago? The, the offensive coordinator yeah, for Mac Jones. It's like, wh- what? You took a defensive-minded guy that was always a defensive coach and just said, hey, coach the offense with our you know second, third-year quarterback. Yeah. We'll be fine. I guess Mom, Even though he's already struggling. Mike and Portage's Steelers, they fired Matt Canada, their OC. By the way, I think they've now scored even less points. After firing uh, Matt Canada, I think they're like down like a point or two points from the firing of their OC. But, you know, the Steelers, it's a little different team than the Eagles. The Eagles did it, yes. Uh, will Matt LaFleur fire Joe Barry? Uh, Packer Nation out there, I think you're all foaming at the mouth for the firing of Joe Barry. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, what, what's going to happen is his contract's up at the end of this year. They're just not going to renew it. They're not going to yeah, extend him. They're going to let it expire. You're going to tell me that a guy who cries at halftime? Or in the locker room, it's got the cojones to walk up to someone today and say, hey, Joe, come here, you're fired. It's not happening. They're going to cry, sing a little kumbaya, and at the end of the year, when they miss the playoffs, then he just won't be retained. I agree. I think if if Joe Barry doesn't come back, it's at the end of the year, and it's because his contract is up, and then the Packers obviously... I guess for lack of a better term, look at all the free agent defensive coordinators because yeah, Matt LaFleur has had how many opportunities to fire Joe Barry and get rid of him, And he still hasn't. He could have said that at the beginning of the, or I mean, before the season started, he could have said that two years ago after the season. I mean, there was a lot of times that Matt LaFleur could have dumped Joe Barry and said, Hey, we're going to, we're going to look into other defensive coordinators and he hasn't done it. And the fact that they're still in the playoff hunt currently, I don't they're think he gets, I don't think he gets rid of Joe Barry until potentially the end of the season. Agreed. And, um, and it, what about this though? Say say they miss the playoffs, and the the eleventh seed right now. The contract for Joe Barry expires, but then they bring him back on a one year deal oh. next year. Matt Lafleur would then deserve to be fired after next year, especially if the team continues to play this type of football. Yeah. Like he, he, then he would officially, 
it's time to go. There's been many moments where you could have, you know, sent Joe Barry's walking papers. Um, we have a Twitter poll right now. Who do you blame more for the Packers' woes? Is it Matt LaFleur or is it Joe Barry? Right now, 63% of the vote says Joe Barry. Well, is it, though? Uh, our guy, Eco Bugman, Carl, says it's Goody. He hired Matt LaFleur and the scouting department who cannot draft a high-ranking defense with eight number one picks. I disagree with that. Mean they're drafting. Yeah. It's, it's the look scheme. At the, look at he, the bat. Yes. Goody, Goody didn't hire Matt LaFleur. No. It, yeah. Mark Let's Murphy be honest, did. it was Mark, Mark Murphy. Because remember, Mark Murphy had the triangle of power yeah. where, you know, it was him, Russ Ball, so uh, maybe it's Mark Murphy's Brian Gutekunst. And he's going to be gone soon. And, yeah, yeah he's out after, after next, next year. year. Yeah. Once he's 70. So, yeah, Goody, Goody really didn't have a ton of say on the Matt LaFleur hire. I think he was just in the room <clears throat> and was kind of just there. Yeah. That was yeah. definitely a Mark Murphy and his triangle of power hiring. Let's see. Moss Tequila tweets in his zone. He's obviously it's Matt LaFleur. This is a multi-year problem and was on him as head coach to make a change. Blame is always top down. I voted for Matt LaFleur in this poll. It it should be. Um, for LaBum, LaTurd, LaDouchebag. Like, La, La you even hit on it a couple of times uh, in the open. Like, there are times he just makes the stupidest offensive play calls you can ever imagine. Yeah. Like, things are working downfield. Hey, I got an idea. Let's run a swing pass. <laughs> to a running back two plays in a row to the same side that's going to lose us four yards, and then we're not even going to throw to the sticks um, on the third down try, and we're going to punt. Yeah. Like, that happens at least once a game. And he has no feel for an offensive play call. And when he does, all of a sudden it turns right into, oh, no, 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 something's going wrong. We're... We're doing well. Let's try something new and play behind the sticks and not try to move forward. Like, pa- I, I don't get it. The Packers, so Matt LaFleur and his offense, the Packers, Matt LaFleur's not without fault. He is not without fault. The Packers' offense this season, uh, season so far averages 21.4 points a game. I don't think scoring 21 points a game is going to win you a lot of NFL games. But no. What's the average at, around 24? Uh, I mean, what? Last week, I think it was 28. <laughs> Packers are Packers scored twenty points yesterday. Yeah, twenty points. Now the offense got better as the game progressed. Jordan Love looked pretty good at times, especially that touchdown pass to Jaden Reed. That laser he had in the corner of the end zone was was, was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. But every time the Packers would try to do, do something good out there, Joe Barry and his defense would just take a dump all over the field. I'm sore. Take a dump all over the field every time. And if if it was a long like Roddy, we talked about this. Two, two, second and 15, third and 15, for example, they'd either convert or they'd make it a manageable third down and then convert. Yeah. Every, th- every time. It would be the soft prevent little defense that uh, Joe Barry would throw out there. Yeah, the uh, average scores for NFL teams, right now the median score is 21.7 points. Denver is 16. The median? Okay. Yeah. I don't have an average on it, but uh, the median is 21.7, so... Most likely, it would be pretty close to twenty-two. So um, let's see. The top scoring offense, obviously, the Dolphins at thirty-one and a half. The Dallas Cowboys thirty. San Francisco thirty. Baltimore twenty-seven. Detroit twenty-seven. Buffalo twenty-seven. Philadelphia twenty-six. Indy twenty-four. Uh, and then we'll do top ten. Rams twenty-three, and the Chiefs are twenty-two. Uh, right now, the Packers again. Their offense averaging twenty-one point four. Rowdy, if you're scoring twenty-one points a game, how many? What do you think? It'd be like a five hundred team. 
Well, I mean, just looking at it, out of 32 teams, they're 19th in scoring points per game. Mm-hmm. So a middle-of-the-road team about what they are. Yeah. But I think just watching the games, I mean, we talked about this last week, but I feel like you have to add to it now. You look at all of these games that they've played, and there's been a lot of winnable games. They had a winnable game against Atlanta. They lost. They had a winnable game against the Saints. They won. Vegas, Denver, Pittsburgh, all winnable games. They lost all three. Winnable game against the Chargers. They found a way to win. Then you had two clunkers in the Giants and Tampa Bay. So if you look at games in which you probably could have won, dude, you're sitting there at two and two and six yeah. on these. If you include G- the Giants and Tampa Bay, two and six in the, winnable games. Now the games you could have won is that Matt Lafleur's fault or Joe Barry's fault? I, I, I bet you I'd say it's Matt Lafleur's fault more times than not. Um, in in the those offense. games, just looking at it because of how poor the offense was early in the season, I would say out of what if they were. I would say, yeah, probably was more on the offense because a lot of those came on the earlier portion of the season when the offense was really bad and the defense was solid. And now we're getting to the point where offense is decent and the defense is falling apart. Because you you lost to the Raiders. The defense gave up 17 points. That's not Joe Barry's fault, right? I mean, you gave up 17 points. The Packers scored 13. You lost to the Broncos. The Packers gave up 19 points. They only scored 17 you lost what to the Vikings, twenty-four to ten. Now, Kirk Cousins got hurt in that game, right? Packers scored ten points, ten points, and then he won in that little winning streak, right? Well, but the Steelers game. I mean, they could have won that game. Packers only scored nineteen. You know, gave up twenty-three. A lot of the now you look at it though, you lost to the Giants and Tommy DeVito, who was NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and then you just lost to Baker Mayfield, who got a perfect passer rating, perfect passer rating, the first time ever a quarterback, an opposing quarterback, has done that at Lambeau Field. <laughs> and they just carved Baker Mayfield carved up the Packers defense. Yeah. They were gushing about him on the radio broadcast as they should have been and on the television broadcast season highs looking like Brett Favre, a uh, perfect quarterback rating now uh, career day for Baker Mayfield. Had they not been at Lambeau, would they still say looking like Brett Favre? <laughs> no, probably yeah, not, no. <laughs> but still you hear, you're like, that's Baker Mayfield. They're talking about right, right now. A guy who's been his third time at Lambeau in the past three years. The other two times the Packers punked him. This time Mayfield got his. Yeah. We were talking about uh, you know how it, earlier in the show it felt like every time the Packers had Tampa Bay in like a first, second, and third and long, they found ways to either pick up huge chunks or not only would they pick it up or they would come darn close to doing it. Here's an Andy Herman tweet. So he's a writer for the Packer Report. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Buccaneers had these situations today. First and 15, second and 29, third and 12, second and 18. Here were the results on the next play. First and 15, nine-yard gain. Second and 29, 24-yard gain. Third and 12, 15-yard gain. Second and 18, 21-yard gain. Again, that's just that that just shows some of the situations that we were we saw with our eyes. Yeah. It was like every time that they would do something well, the first down, second down, they would find a way to give it back and most of the time give it all back. Mm-hmm. And it's like it, it was just back-breaking plays. Every time. 
And okay, so um, you know, I can't wait to hear from Vagabond John. I told him to we call the dogs off a little bit. Let's wait a little in the show to have the president of the Joe Barry fan club calling. Um, but I know he's been going on a lot of like, I can't believe Joe Barry missed all those tackles. I can't believe Joe Barry was the one getting burned on a route. I can't believe Joe Barry was the one who couldn't cover Chris Godwin, et cetera, et cetera, right? Well, okay, you compile it all together. I saw this tweet making its rounds, and Rowdy, maybe you can interject on it. Packers have allowed career games in the last two years, too. Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Bailey Zappi, Taylor Heineke, Ryan Tannehill, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Tommy DeVito, and now Baker Mayfield. You know what all those guys have in common? They're bums. They're all bottom 10 quarterbacks in the league or backups. <laughs> <laughs> and what else do they have in common? They all faced Joe Barry in his defense and had career games. Ooh, since we're just talking about everything stinky <laughs> and a, a lot of things on defense, here's a Dyer uh, Carragher tweet per PFF. Oh, I saw this. Devondre Campbell allowed 135 passing yards in coverage today, the most of any Packer linebacker since at least 2006. Do you know why that's at least 2006? Why is that? Because Pro Football Focus was founded in 2006. <laughs> it was basically the one of the worst coverage games a Green Bay linebacker has had since 26, mm. 2006 because that's when PFF started doing this. Yikes. That will happen. And he he looked slow. He looked old. You could see not only was it him in coverage, but it was certain times where you can go back and, you know, some of those uh, Packer beat writers will find some of the clips from plays. Yeah. And it'll be like kind of the all 22 film. Dude, he's like running to the wrong holes to fill. <laughs> it's like, what are you blind now, too? <laughs> He's got Not only are you slow, but now you're blind. <laughs> <laughs> what? And by the one more thing about Devondre Campbell. Oh yeah. He, so they found him as a free agent. Remember, right before that 2021 season, where it was like super late into the yeah. to the summer, and they signed him. He had been with the Atlanta Falcons. He had been an average linebacker with the Falcons. But they were saying that he was kind of being played out of position with the Falcons and he would actually be a much better fit with the Green Bay Packers. And then he comes in in 2021 and he plays at a Pro Bowl level. Oh, yeah. And he was it, he's really good. He uh, yeah. the Packers in tackles. Yeah, it was a hell of a season for him. And they're like, see, he just needed a, a defense that was more fit to his style. Dude, he covered really well in 2021. He was a good linebacker. He would make plays sideline to sideline. And then 2022 happened where obviously the Packers missed the playoffs by, by a game. He was a little banged up. He didn't quite play as well. But you could say, you know what? There was some injuries there. You know, he just he just wasn't right all season. Mm-hmm. But he signed a five-year deal. <laughs> Five. Five-year deal. Now, part of that was because the Packers needed to keep players, and they needed to keep decent players that were semi-cheap for who they were. Yeah. And we also know that because of them maxing out their credit cards, that they didn't have a ton of options. And if they were going to do it, they were going to have to add some years on to it because they just didn't have a ton of money to spend. Well, you got a five-year deal. And I was looking at it last night. Cause I'm like, how much longer do we have to put up with this bomb? A while. He's probably going to be on the roster for two more seasons, unless you really want to cut him for not saving a ton of money. So, I mean, that's tough. That's really tough. Cause he really, 
2023, he looks even more cooked and, and yeah. done than he did last year. And we, there were questions That's last like you got to put him back on the scrap heap. He really played one good season in, in Green Bay, and he, in theory, contract-wise, he's going to get seven years from him. Crazy. Isn't that wild? It is. Speaking of bums, people got to be stuck for, for a bit here. Uh, we'll talk Jair Alexander coming up as well. But that guy's MIA. Now, I will say this. There's a little less talent in the backfield. Or is there? Weren't we talking about how great the Valentines and the Valentines were lately, Rowdy? Is it is it a talent problem for Joe Barry's defense? I mean, both have played at starting caliber uh, cornerback level in the NFL so far this season. Owen's and, a journeyman. Yeah, Valentine's a guy that's basically a fringe roster practice squad type player. And Carantine yeah. Valentine was a first-year rookie, you know, seventh-round pick out of Kentucky. So those guys have been playing way above expectations. It's the fact that your number one pick from, what, three years ago now, Eric Stokes, he's he tough. looked horrible, and, he's, and he played four snaps up until yesterday. Yep, yep. Or... A number one pick in 2018 in Jair Alexander. Well, he's MIA. Uh, would you he's say he's MIA or would you say he's AWOL? Uh, a- AWOL. AWOL. Is he six or seven? He wasn't even. All, all the inactives were on the field stretching and you know being part of the team, except for him. Yeah. He didn't even travel with the team um, the other week you think as well. They just couldn't find a trade partner for him? I don't. How can he wear a WWE championship belt in the locker room? Two of them. Two of them. And then just as right as be a wall on Sunday. Well, the other thing is he, he can with the wear aliens, the belt man. all he wants in the locker room. You know, if he's hurt, it doesn't matter. He can't play. But he's practiced like full weeks, multiple yeah. weeks. Yeah. And they're like, well, he practiced every day. He didn't play. He didn't travel. Another inactive. Yeah, he didn't travel to New York. And then it was, well, he practiced all week, but he didn't play against Tampa. He got his money. And, and he wasn't even on the field. That's what it looks like. All the other inactives were on the field. He got his money and quit. That's what it looks like at this point. Hey, man, I call it Scott Shanty. <laughs> I'm pointing the stars to aliens. Uh, step it in. <laughs> Where are you besides committing robbery of the Green Bay Packers? Unbelievable. We'll hear from LaFleur coming up. Jordan Love as well. We'll come right back. One last breath here for the Packers. They went from the seventh seed to the eleventh seed now. We'll come right back soon. Oh yeah, but real quick, people are also talking about now tank the rest of the games for better draft pick. We're back to that now. Oh, they are the tenth pick, I believe. They're back to the. I saw this from Eric Boranchek, who uh, joins Bill Michaels. He's joined us before. Uh, Packer fans, here is what Matt Lafleur is dealing with. The honorable thing to do is make a switch in January. However, he may need to send a message to the locker room. Not making the tough call also sends a message. What message does HR want to send? That's the dilemma. Is there such thing as an honorable thing to do in professional sports? I mean, it's pretty cutthroat when you're a player. Is there honor in the coaching circles? It's professional sports. I think maybe to a point, but I feel like Joe Barry has blown past that point. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, I think it was kind enough for him to be kept on a couple years ago. The fact that he was still employed after last yeah, year. You brought him back. I mean, he's been given chance after chance after chance. I guess if we look at this in the, the sense of, like, a different sport, baseball, 
three strikes and you're out. Yeah. Well, this is this season is strike three for Joe Barry. Well, Aaron Rodgers suggests there is no honor in professional sports, especially in uh, Title Town. Remember, Rodgers was trying to change the culture in the Packers Nation to treat some of these veterans and play ball with more respect. So maybe maybe now the Packers will take Rodgers for his word and it comes back to bite us in our ass. It's one last F you to Aaron Rodgers no. to keep Joe Barry around. <laughs> I'm just messing. I just think to a point here. Uh, Joe Barry could have been fired after any of the years he's been employed. Yep. Like, he really could have. Joe Barry continues to fall upwards. Look at look at most of the people that... Has he ever been thought of as, as a good coach? No. Um, but, like, look at the, most of the people that the Packers have parted ways with and maybe not done it in the most gracious manner. Yeah. How many of them have gone on to still do great after they leave the organization? It's a great question. Think about that. Let's go to the phones. Uh, all the way up to WKTY Lacrosse area. Our guy Wiss Texan. What's up, Wiss Texan? Hey, Merry Christmas, guys. Merry Christmas, baby. Merry Christmas. So here's my question on defense. Oh, hey, first I got a public service announcement. Yeah. Last week I think was the preview. I think of two Packer ESPN films. One was uh, Thirty for Thirty. Reggie White, the Minister of Defense. Yes. How was that it? Was, that was excellent. And then afterwards was SEC storied about uh, America's quarterback, Bart Starr. Yeah. So, you know, find that streamer or something. They're both really, really well done, of course. And Rowdy was talking about um, the SEC one, and we, I, I don't think he, Rowdy, or I, I, didn't, did. I didn't catch it. Did you watch the Minister of Defense? I didn't catch it. I didn't see um, it. I didn't, I didn't see the I'm whole going thing. To. I, got, I got most of it, though. Two thumbs up, was Texan? Oh, absolutely. And it gave me a better understanding of how the Packers got to the Super Bowl there with the catalyst that Reggie White brought to the team. Yeah. So that was that was very, very well done. Nice. Um, what else is on your mind, right, my brother? So speaking of defense, here's my question. What's what's the deal with our defense? It seems like our offense our de- defensive line is playing you know average. I mean we've got we seem to get some pressures and sacks, although we didn't against the Giants last week. But um it seems like the it's the secondary. I think it's the scheme. What happened to where you like, I guess this would be man to man and you get up there and within the first yard, you can chuck the receiver and, you know, maybe throw them off their route or delay the route or, you know, get them off their timing. Is, is it, is it our scheme? Is it the lack of man to man or is it something different? Y'all, y'all study this, I think a little better than I do. So I'm real curious what you think. I might take it offline here because I'm sure, traveling yeah. down the yep. river road yep. and I might just y'all. Well, thanks for the question. We love you, uh, Wiss Texan. Have a good Monday, buddy. We'll, we'll discuss, okay? Thanks. See you, bud. Rowdy? Yeah, know. when you look at the the fact that a lot of times this year, the Green Bay Packers, and just under Joe Barry in general, like they play pretty far off the football. Oh, yeah, you see people always. bitching about that all the time, taking screenshots of the game and putting it on there, and it'll be like, hey, it's third and four. Why are all of the corners 10 yards off the ball? And then they just threw a little six-yard route, easy completion, pick it up, move the chains. Um, Like what Wiss Texan was talking about, like jamming receivers at the line. You know what was uh, watching Sunday Night Football where you had the Ravens playing? Mm -hmm. The Ravens still jam at the line. They had multiple times where a guy, he actually came right up and like ran into the guy and, and really gave him a big shove and, and whatever. Now that guy wasn't necessarily, you know, playing 
corner on that position. Well, I take I take that back. He was playing corner, but his job wasn't to cover the receiver. But yeah. he came raining up there, jammed the guy, and then went after the the quarterback. But yeah, the the Ravens were playing man, lining up about a yard off the football, pressing at the line of scrimmage. It's definitely different. We saw more of that under Mike Patton. Now that being said, mm-hmm. that being said. It did cost them from time to time playing press man, playing, you know, right on, a.k.a. Kevin King, Scotty Miller, Tampa Bay, <laughs> NFC Championship game. But that was, a, uh, that was a situation in which they never should have been playing that cover zero defense. Correct. Like, they should have been playing, weirdly enough, that's when they actually should have been playing zone because of the amount of time and the distance that Tampa Bay had to travel to, to score, mm-hmm. put themselves in an opportunity to score. So that was just... Wrong coverage, wrong time. But overall, I think I would say uh, to uh, with Texans' point, I would prefer to play more press man, more man coverage with less zone than the full zone man from time to time. I, I guess what I'm saying is I liked Mike Pettin and his defense better than Joe Barry's deeper zones in his yeah. defense. Well, just look at yesterday, how many times the, the Buccaneers were in a, a, a second and very long or a third and very long, and what you see is the Joe Barry somewhat prevent asking look defense where it was we're going to play this like soft zone, and they would get it every time or make it a manageable uh, third down every time. It's like everyone could see it. Even Bill Michaels was posting Instagram videos about it. Like I saw him out there in the box posting post little videos like, well, there's that soft prevent defense. From Joe and Bayer. I even think that when you were watching the last few years, when Jair was healthy, when Rasul Douglas was on the team, when Eric Stokes was healthy before all the, the lower body injuries, I actually thought that Jair, Rasul, and Eric Stokes all played better closer to the line of scrimmage yeah. and more of a, a press man, not necessarily a press, but also like a man coverage where they're closer to the line of scrimmage. Cause Stokes had a ton of speed, yeah. but Rasul Douglas was crafty and Jair Alexander was a top five corner. I actually thought that they played better when they did that. Now Stokes is cooked. Rasul Douglas is in Buffalo and Jair Alexander is a wall. Yeah. So, I mean, that throws, a little, bit, that throws a little bit of a wrench <laughs> in it, but just watching the corners now, I think Carantine Valentine could be decent playing man. Uh, Valentine, we'll see. Some of the other guys we'll see just because um, they really aren't that good. But overall, when you were 100% healthy like the last few years in the secondary, I think they were better off playing the Mike Te- Petton type of defensive scheme than the Joe Barry soft zone. We but, can never uh, have a cake and eat it too, can we? No. That is what it's it is. Line two, good morning. Who do we got? Grass isn't always greener. Nope, never is. Never is. Grass isn't always greener either, fellas. It's uh, the pipeline to the north. The, uh, pipeline to the north. Okay, yeah. Troy. Troy, good morning, brother. How was the weekend that was? It was. It's no victory Monday here today. but It's uh, vent line. It's <laughs> vent line Monday, you know? <laughs> hey, hey, Roddy, you're talking about the press defense. How about the depress outcome? <laughs> Very depressing. <laughs> My God. That's funny, dude. Hey, hey. You know, for me, the, this is the bottom line. If Joel Berry isn't gone and gone quick, then LaFleur's got to be gone because somebody's got to take responsibility for the confusion that's out there. Uh, like you said before, Devondre Campbell, he, the guy was covering space. He wasn't even covering somebody. He was just out there running around. It's just terrible. Um, I, 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 I'm not really into the blame game. 
Big by Johnny, you can call and give us your your uh, lecture anytime here. Can't I can't wait. I can't wait either because uh, <laughs> if you, if you support what happened yesterday, then uh, you know, like like we said earlier, there's there's got to be something something wrong. What's going on in Green Bay for for Alexander not to play again? Something's going on that we're not we're not being told. There's something that's being hid or something uh, because it's the same old song and dance. And in Lafleur. I didn't see his post-game conference, but it'll be, well, we'll have to take a look at the film and we'll discuss it later. Well, you know, it just gets the old, and now we were all excited, and here we are. Troy, have so, you ever seen the movie We Were Soldiers from the early 2000s <laughs> with Mel Gibson? I, I'm not very good at remembering movies. I probably haven't, though. <laughs> there, there's a point where it's... it's uh, Vietnam era and they're basically they're overrun and the people back at base they shoot or they turn to a clip and it's the the you know the lieutenants and everything back at base and they go oh no there's no hiding it now as Mel Gibson's calling for broken arrow as they've been overrun we need all air support that was me thinking about Joe Barry in this defense yesterday I was seeing everybody call for him and Vagabond John starting to try and get off of his bit I go oh man there's no hiding it now we're all after Joe Barry Joe Barry called the broken arrow yeah, like, we need all, he's, we need, he's I need my reinforcements absolutely done and they're all eight wall like <laughs> do do you guys agree though? If 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 it's not Barry, then Lafleur. Yeah, I've, it's Lafleur. It's Lafleur. Somebody's got to somebody's got to take. I mean, that was the thing I really enjoyed listening to the post game show with uh, Izzo after the Badgers beat him. You know, he just says, "I'm I got to take responsibility for this," and I and I really believed him instead of like Lafleur saying it. Lafleur said he's got to watch the tape. He's got to watch the tape before he yeah, makes any, any comments. Right, but but. This was Izzo right after the game. You know what he said, which I loved? He says, we're going back. We're bringing the shoulder pads and helmets on, and I don't care what any lawyers or anybody says, we're doing this tomorrow at practice. And I just thought, what a great line that was, meaning obviously we're getting back to, to, to some physical business. But pack, Packers are lacking it, and it's just too bad. Well, and, it's depressing, uh, you know, because it's Tommy DeVito and the Giants, and it's Baker Mayfield and the Buccaneers in less than a week span. And you lost – and. Tommy DeVito became an NFC Offensive Player of the Week, and Baker Mayfield will be named it. What was it coming Tuesday, Wednesdays? He'll be yeah. named it. He'll be named it this week too. Yep. And that's Joel Barry yep. in the defense. It's the same crap every time. Like you guys both said, yep. it's Matt Lafleur saying, "I need to go watch the tape, or I need to do better." How many times can you yep. go to the podium and say, "I need to watch the tape, or I need to do better"? Before <clears throat> it's your ass. It's malpractice by Matt yep. Lafleur. You know. Yeah, a couple weeks ago too, Vegabond Johnny called in and said. There are no expectations for this team. And it's like, what are you talking about? There are expectations because if there was no expectations, we wouldn't be depressed today because this team <laughs> is not playing up to their potential. And Troy, when you have when you have 13 NFL championships and you're labeled title town, isn't there always expectations? Yeah, right. Well, when you beat Kansas City and the Lions, you, now all of a sudden last week I called and I told you, Hey, they're favorite against the Giants by four points or whatever. Yeah. Now the expectations change. You never know, and that's you know, yep. I don't know. And here we Victory are. Victory money is sour. Victory <laughs> money is sour up here, fellas. But Rowdy, I do like the sweatshirt, man. It looks good on you. Yeah. Thanks. You know what? Weirdly enough, I think it's a Costco sweatshirt. The Milwaukee. Ooh. If anyone's wondering, it's the Milwaukee Brewers. Beautiful, beautiful hoodie. Hey, Costco's Costco's got some good 
Kirkland. Good clothing over there, man. Kirkland. No doubt. You can buy good socks and good vodka on the same place. Get a slice of pizza on the way out. <laughs> Kirkland, baby. Troy, you the man. We hey. love you, buddy. You guys, if time. I don't talk to you before the holidays, have a good one. And, yeah, Merry uh, Christmas, buddy. We'll talk soon, huh? You got it, Troy. You the man. Much love. Merry Christmas. Ho, ho. Yeah, Rowdy, Rowdy said this this morning. It took me off uh, by surprise. Rowdy, what's, what's up with this Monday? Yeah, this will be the last Monday we're on air until January 8th. <laughs> What? Nuh-uh. Christmas yeah. no, is know, next Monday, and New Year's Day is the following Monday. That's wild. I was making my head spin. I'm rowdy sitting. I'm like, what do you mean? We'll see you next like, year. Like, what do you mean? Yeah. We literally got, we'll see you next year on for a on a Monday. <laughs> oh, phone line is uh, just wrong. Before we get to that call, I'm uh, putting a, a message out there. Vagabond John, we need you, brother. We got to hear from the opposing side. Let's hear from Matt LaFleur quick, though. People are wondering, you know, what did LaFleur say after the game? Things could change. And obviously when someone gets on a podium, much like a politician, they lie. They never tell you the, the truth. It's always usually a lie. But I don't know. Matt LaFleur was asked. Here you go. Matt LaFleur was asked, would he ever make a change at defensive coordinator during the season? Uh, yeah, I, now's not the time for that, to be honest with you. Why is that? Because now's not the time. I'm trying to find solutions, and i got to go back and take a look at the film. If Now's not the time. I don't think Joe Barry gets fired in season. They won't retain him after the year because his contract ends. I don't either. But wasn't yesterday just super di- disappointing? Because we talked about how they've had so many games this year that were very winnable games, and they've found a way to come up on the wrong side of things way more times yeah. than not. But one of the big things to me that was disappointing is there was five games to go going into that Monday night game against the Giants. Yep. And we thought maybe one hiccup down the stretch would be acceptable. You could see it because it's an inexperienced team. They've been playing better. But one hiccup. You had your hiccup Monday night against the Giants. Now, you knew it was a short week. You knew you had to jump in there and you had to, you had to like really put some stuff together. And then you you let yesterday happen? Terrible. That's unacceptable. So, we have the Razor's Edge coming up. I want to play one, two more Matt LaFleur clips. And it could be Vega Bajana line one. I'm not sure. But here's one from uh, Matt LaFleur. Any concern Joe Barry is losing guys in the locker room? We got three weeks left. Uh, we got three games. And I mean, every game's a playoff mentality. And who knows what will happen, but and we can't get it all back at once. You got to earn it every day. We got to get back to practice and give it our best shot from here on out. Didn't really answer anything. Uh, here's the last one. Asked again, is he thinking about changing his defensive staff? We're looking for solutions. I want to go back to it, and as soon as we leave here, I'm going to go right into my office and and get to work on that because it's extremely disappointing to have a a home game against a team that's right in the thick of it in their division when you're holding on to one of those spots and you get kind of manhandled in the second half of a tight ball game. I mean, it's extremely disappointing. Didn't really get much from the floor. There there was him on the podium after the game. Let's go, phones, line one, hello. Uh, we do, I'm Oh, Vagabond Johnny! We've been waiting for this moment, baby. People have been demanding you call, demanding. They're foaming at the mouth for you, buddy. That's how it goes. Boots on the ground, by the way, in Charlotte. Oh. So, scouting out enemy, enemy territory ahead of the big game next weekend. Men are saying Bryce Young is uh, excited about the opportunity to face Joe Barry in his defense and get his first 500-yard passing game. Is that true? I am sure he is just excited, but... I I love the energy I got. Obviously, just getting notifications on my phone 
all throughout the game yesterday. Oh yeah. Joe Barry, Joe Barry, Joe Barry. So for the for the third time in thirty games, Packer fans saw the opponent score thirty points and people have just lost their minds. We've gone from wow, he's bottled up Patrick Mahomes and Jared Goff with the top five Lions offense. Man, this defense is turning it around to holy cow, an NFL team scored thirty points against us. We're not used to that. It's just this Packer fans are just a bunch of monkeys. They just they're just they just watch I can imagine cheese sauce just sliding off their faces as if the other team scored a point. You gotta fire somebody. Just beer beer brought sauerkraut all over their shirt, you know, dripping all down them. Just Miller light cans everywhere. But no, I obviously terrible game. Two back to back weeks here. Defense has played terrible. Can't defend that. But what I can defend is you know, Packer fans, you're not going to win every game you score 20 points, right? Because everybody, if we put out a Twitter poll today, is this was the loss more on the offense or the defense? I would agree it's more on the defense, but we got to stop pretending that the offense did enough to win a game. You can't start the second half going three and out. You can't expect to win games scoring 20 points. We've gotten used to that because of how rare it is that we give up that many points. Okay. Third time in 30 games. Third time in third. Third what, time in 30 what would you say to the Packers allowing career games in the last series to Daniel Jones, Zach Wilson, Bailey Zappi, Taylor Heineke, Ryan Tannehill, Desmond Ritter, Kenny Pickett, Tommy DeVito, and now Baker Mayfield? And with those a, are all bottom 10 quarterbacks, if not backups. And a perfect pass rating for the first time in Lambeau history for an opposing quarterback. What would you say to the. So yeah. do, do you guys think that um, yesterday, or do you think Darnell Savage, Jair Alexander, and Eric Stokes played like Pro Bowlers yesterday? I mean, Jared didn't play at all, and Eric Stokes was a bum. And Savage, I'm not even sure if Savage played. Like, I don't even remember his name. But to your point, yeah, there is there is not much back there right now. So I, defense is all about the weakest link, and I think this is where maybe when I watch football, I watch a little differently than most people that call in. Right? And then you say you watch when a hammer drunk because you're a Joe Barry supporter. Well, or high. <laughs> I don't discriminate. Yeah, but. When I'm watching defense, it's all about who is your weakest link. When I watch this defense get absolutely burned when they play zone, they play man, and the stats are actually worse against man. They blitz five, they get burned for a touchdown. They they blitz four, they get burned for a touchdown. I'm sitting here watching these coach couches. By the way, they told me all week, along with Grant, that all this defense needs to do is stop the run and get sacks. Well, they held him under 100 yards rushing and ended the game with five sacks yesterday. Did it look better, Grant? Did it look better? Or do points scored actually matter, right? Because we can get into the deep analytics, and it's not good, but let's not pretend like they have an elite uh, talent back there. And, again, if you guys think Jair Alexander, Darnell Savage, and Eric Stokes looked like Pro Bowlers yesterday, we can agree to disagree. I'll let you have that take. That's fine. I, no, but let's I mean, not pretend that Carentine Valentine, a seventh-round rookie, when he's your weakest link, that's going to be pretty bad. Jonathan Owens, uh, Rudy Ford, this is the first season these guys are getting major starts. Actually, I think Owens started for Houston last year, but that was a debacle. The defense is ravaged. So here's my synopsis after today. Yeah. So I, I think you can have two takes reasonably. Either clean house, get rid of LaFleur, get rid of Joe Barry, get rid of Richard Passaccia, Mm-hmm. Or you have to let this same coaching staff run it back with more than fifty percent of the salary cap on the field. Now you're saying so because I, the talent I, there's out no, there's not NFL talent. I don't think Joe Barry gets fired. Um, I just don't think they retain him at the end of the year because contract is up. Matt Lafleur's not going anywhere. Uh, I don't know about yeah. Rich Passaccio, but are you saying that either clean house or run it back with the same staff? 
clean house or run it back and give these guys more than 50% of the salary cap on the field, right? I mean, everybody wants to talk about how many first-round picks are on this defense. Well, how many are playing? And if they are playing, are they playing like first-round picks, right? And then we want to talk about replacements. I heard everybody talk about how awesome Robert Sala is. Well, he just got torn up by the Dolphins without Tyree Hill. We're up against the breakout. Let's go. Make him a second, but Rowdy looks like beside himself. You want to sneak anything in Rowdy quick or – if the only alternatives are to free up more money for the Joe Barrys of the world, and I guess you would be inferring signing players on defense or running it back with Joe Barry and, and Matt LaFleur because they're not going to just can Barry and LaFleur. Oh. Vagabond, stop. Are you high? Well, hey, hey real quick. T- 20 seconds. Matt, Matt LaFleur has made five coaching hires. He's now 0 for 5. No, he's Why not. Why the hell do these guys... Okay. okay so, we have, Daniel Hackett was a good hire. He was great in Green Bay. We have to take a break. Vegabond, good luck in... 0 for 5. Are, are you in Charlotte? Where he's not 0 for 5. Vegabond John finally called in, and the wheel of excuses was in full motion. Uh, Nader called in and said he wanted to fight Rowdy. As Vegabond says, uh, he's 0 for 5 in coaching hires. Nathaniel Hackett was good, and we were talking about Mike Pettin as well. Well, I think just in general, just just three off the top of my head. You had Nathaniel Hackett, who was pretty good when he was there in the job that he was asked to do. Yep. I think that Rich Bisaccia has been decent. Now, I know he's taken some shots this year. And then, I I mean, Mike Pettin, hindsight 2020. What's up? Some of this uh, covers the Packers, Matt Schneidman. Like this tweet from him yesterday. Matt LaFleur will largely be remembered for what he does with Jordan Love in this young offense, but he handpicked Joe Barry. LaFleur's reputation and job status is also tied to the coaches he hires. Tough decision might be coming in the near future for Green Bay's head coach. Does Matt LaFleur want to go down to the sinking ship, or does he want to cast off the, uh, as one uh, emailer suggested, the stone that's sinking this Packers ship in Joe Barry? I don't think you want to go down with it like the Titanic's captain, do you? See, my thoughts were, my thoughts on Matt LaFleur were always suspect, especially since the hire, because you could look and say, well, yeah, he was a part of like the Kyle Shanahan, Sean McVay, like all of that tree, but he was always like the lesser known one. He was the one that had always been kind of below the others. And then there was a lot of hype when he came in and succeeded right away in 2019 and then 2020, 2021. But Aaron Rodgers was also playing at a higher, higher and higher level those years. And he had a pretty solid roster. They were not strapped for cash. You know what? Like those were some pretty darn good teams. Yep. But the one thing that's really starting to show now is it's supposed to be his system with his quarterback because clearly him and Goody had to be on the same page with drafting Jordan Love or else they easily, oh, yeah. they easily could have drafted a T Higgins or, you know, insert wide receiver or other position here that could have helped the team immediately that season. They didn't have to trade up and trade for Jordan Love. Clearly it was his and Goody's guy. Yep. Big now, time. One of the other things about LaFleur that we've really talked about and criticized him for is like his leadership, right? Like he's, he feels like a very weak leader. He, he's he kind of crying. He's wishy-washy. You don't take him seriously. If he's yelling at you, he's a crier. Enough said he cries. But looking at Matt LaFleur now, and we were talking about this when they were kind of struggling earlier this year, I think Matt LaFleur overall is a, a solid 
offensive coordinator. He's not the best offensive coordinator in the league. He's probably not elite when it comes to offensive coordinator positions and calling calling plays. Mm-hmm. But he's solid. He's good enough. But it's the the leadership and and being the face of of the Green Bay Packers, being that head coach. Well, you want to be the guy. To be the guy, you have to make tough decisions. And I honestly don't even know if I would consider this a tough decision. No. Just fire his ass. He's a bum. You're fired. But I guess in his mind, it's a buddy, and he's been there, and they've had some progress, and there's been injuries, and they you know, they don't have a ton of money. You could list whatever you want. I guess that will be a tough decision for Matt LaFleur, but if you want to be the guy and you want to be the head coach of the Green Bay Packers, you have to make tough decisions sometimes. Here's your turn. You're fired. 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 Let's go. Hello, Mr. Rowdy. Trump. Here's a tweet. This is from Taylor. Want to Taylor? Nice to tweet. Says the only way I could see Mark Murphy firing Matt Lafleur is to avoid hard knocks. If they miss the playoffs this year, they qualify for the show, and you know the NFL will not miss that opportunity for Green Bay. 1265 will hate that and want to avoid it at all costs. Fire Matt LaFleur and you can't be on the show. Now, the NFL can make you do that, too. We saw that with, what, the Jets uh, this year. The Jets didn't want to do it. They made the Jets do it. Yeah, RJ brought that up this morning, too, saying, you know, the Packers don't want to have hard knocks. They've kind of been avoiding it like the plague. Yep. Well, your only way is to fire Matt LaFleur. I don't see it. I don't see it either. I don't see it either. I think... With Joe, uh, sorry, with um, Matt Murphy. Mark Murphy. Mark Murphy. Oh, my, I'm all over the board. With Mark Murphy having next season as his last year, this was his little triangle of power. This was him, Brian Gutekunst, Russ Ball, Matt LaFleur. I think Mark Murphy's pick was obviously Brian Gutekunst. Mm-hmm. And then he basically said, Brian, we're hiring Matt LaFleur. So they're both Mark Murphy guys. Yep. They're part Stooges. of his. Yeah, they're part of his triangle of power. He's not going to change that in his last year. I don't think he would, especially with how close LaFleur has been and some of the successes that he's had. I don't think he would change that up. I think he would go down with the ship for his last year with LaFleur. <clears throat> but it feels like there's got to be a fall guy. I don't think Rich Bisaccia and, and just his status around the league you would want to sack him just because he did really lift the special teams last year and now he's got some younger players we'll see what what goes on I feel like the only person that could really be the fall guy it has to be Joe Barry Mm -hmm. what else could you do outside of that for a fall guy I think Basaccia is safe he's the highest paid guy he's respected in the league they gave him a lot of respect with players. Didn't Rob Reichel say if Matt LaFleur like, couldn't coach a game or something, the Bisaccia yeah. would immediately Rich be Bisaccia the interim would become coach. your interim head coach. Yeah. They gave him some roster autonomy where he got to choose some guys specifically that made the roster for special teams. Yeah. They're not they're not getting rid of him. Yeah. Uh, if it's not Joe Barry, who do you think it would be? It's, there's no one. It's Joe Barry. Would it be Hold Adam up. Stenovich? Because do people even know it, who he is? Hey, speaking of of Vagabond John yeah. and Matt LaFleur hirings, 
I know we kind of were bitching about the offense early in the season when it sucked, but ha- would you, would anyone out there say that Adam Stenovich has been good as an offensive coordinator? Now I know that Matt LaFleur is the offensive think, play caller. I don't even think half the people know he's the OC. coach, but yeah, he's technically the OC, Yeah, but I feel like if he's not good, he's going to get a pass because you think of Matt LaFleur as the OC and head coach because uh-huh. he's calling plays and Adam Stenovich is just kind of there. At least when Nathaniel Hackett was there, you heard about the gold zone. The gold you heard zone. about how good they were in the red zone, aka True. the gold zone. And the fact that Aaron Rodgers was playing some of his best football and he liked them and they did this and he, you know, he 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 let Aaron Rodgers that is liked a lot of what Nathaniel Hackett did, you know, with scheme and scripts and blah blah blah. Adam Stenner just just feels like he's there. He's just a guy. Yeah. He's just a dude. He's just a guy. He's just an average coach. He's whole home, I yeah. guess. He's just kind of, well, maybe that could save him, Rowdy. Yeah, that, that, I think that, that might actually be the reason him. why he skates by. Yeah. But did you see, I don't think that the Packers necessarily made the wrong decision because they went with Adam Stenovich over Aaron Rodgers' buddy and former quarterback coach Luke Getze. Mm-hmm. Bears just can't Getze. Oh, this, yeah. Did that happened. I think it was last night or this morning. Oh, dude, yeah, Bears, LOL. Getsy was just a, a hanger on of Aaron Rodgers. So I don't think they necessarily made the wrong decision at OC, but that oh, doesn't here, mean that Stenovich is good. Uh, Vegamon John's now spinning what you were saying. Uh, Hackett has been a brilliant coach in the NFL, says Rowdy Razor. Right there on Twitter. Hackett has been a brilliant coach in the NFL, says Rowdy Razor. And that's, that's not an Rowdy. actual quote. What did I say? That he had some success in Jacksonville in his best years in Green Bay? Yeah. Probably wasn't a miss. Yeah. It's not exactly calling him freaking Bill Walsh here. Hey, but for Joe Barry. Screw you. You're fired. You're fired. It's not going to happen, though. It's they're just they're gonna they're not gonna do it. I don't see it happening. If it does, then I'm glad I'll gladly be wrong. But do you think that they're? I don't know. Matt Lafleur do the nice guy approach. Contract runs out at the end of the year. Sorry, we're not gonna resign you. We're not gonna extend you. Thanks for everything you did. And now off to greener pastures elsewhere. I just vagabond. <laughs> Go down with your damn ship. <laughs> the SS Joe Barry. He probably getting a Christmas present from Joe Barry. He's very He's dug in. He's dug in on the tank. And I I respect him for it. He's dug in. But now you're twisting what Rowdy's saying. Because then I can smother myself in cheese sauce and throw a tantrum like every Packer fan when their opponent gets a first down. <laughs> I love I love a vagabond. He says I'm excited for the next guy.